Meatloaf, for as much crap as we give you about being, you know, kind of a washed up 80s hairband dude, there was a musician in this episode, and we don't even know who it was. They didn't even say his name. They didn't say his name at all. Bad Out of Hell was one of the greatest albums of all time, and Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, was even better. Is that the real name? Those are the real names. Wow. Oh, yeah. Just when you think Meatloaf couldn't get better, he does. Speaking of Back Into Hell... Let's start the episode. Welcome to episode four of Uneaten Food, a Bachelor podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm her trusty sidekick, Brock. That's right. And we are your hosts for another week here, not in the Bachelor Mansion. We go to... Another fabulous, exotic, breathtaking, romantic week in... Milwaukee. But before the women have the pleasure of going to Milwaukee, there's a rose ceremony. Did, uh, were you surprised that Corinne got a rose? Not at all. Actually, I've got some dirt. Dish. Yeah. So I read on a source who has another good source, who has another good source. It's really reliable. Like, ultimately, <laughs> it's like the Bachelor Deep Throat. So this Bachelor Deep Throat lives in a place with a lot of ex-contestants. This source says that the Bachelor gets to choose two-thirds of the people who move on, and the producers get to pick the other third. That's a big number. That's a big number. And it also makes total sense because you know when Nick was talking to Vanessa and she's complaining about Corinne and he's kind of mumbling and looking down and he's just like, he implores her to just be patient. Like that's kind of a weird thing to say. AKA, I'm not choosing her. The producers are. This is going to go on for another couple weeks. Just be patient. And then she's out of your hair. That was code. Yeah. That was code to Vanessa. Mm -hmm. Do you think that also goes hand in hand with the villain rule? Just like in all the previous seasons, Corinne is going to go on a two-on-one date with her nemesis, and neither one or both of them is going to get knocked off. That's how they always get rid of the villain. That's how they got rid of Chad last season when he went on the two-on-one with Alex. Yep, all five foot seven of him. Kelsey and Ashley I. Kelsey and Ashley I on Farmer Chris's season. Uh, on Ben's season, it was Olivia and one of the twins. I forget which one. Emily. So this yeah. is always how they get rid of that season's quote-unquote villain. It's so predictable. Oh, like you save the two-on-one for like that big, huge rivalry, whatever it ends up being. And this brings up new strategy advice too. If you're fighting with the villain in the house, you need to stop mm-hmm. because you're going to get sent home you're, because you're, they're going to put yep. you on that two-on-one and you're going to look like crap. Yep. You're literally asking to be put on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. So how smart are you really, Taylor? Johns Hopkins, my butt. Big Tuna is a super ambitious guy you know cut your throat to get ahead type of guy but i mean i'm not threatened by him i went to cornell you ever heard of it (laughs) at the rose ceremony Kristen and Brittany go home Kristen, i liked her Brittany, totally forgettable but then it wouldn't be a true gathering of the women if corinne wasn't giving a drunken lecture on nothing sometimes i'll start a sentence and i don't even know where it's going i just hope i find it along the way like an improv conversation. An improvisation. After the rose ceremony, the next morning, 
Uh, this was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. Sarah and Taylor come to Corinne to have a little heart to heart and like let her know how she's coming off to people. And this is when we get the epic Corinne quote when she says, I'm not privileged in any way, shape, or form. With that quote, she won me over. I know. She has turned the tide on villainy. I like her. The best part is she started to say Chadisms. Remember when Chad would say stuff like, Not very happy with you. What? I'm not very happy with you. With me? With you. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Life ain't all blueberries and paper airplanes, you know what I mean? What made this exchange so great is looking back at the whole episode after it was finished, Corinne, after their group date or on their group date, I can't remember, but she says something to the extent of, if girls have a problem with me, I wish they wouldn't just talk behind my back. They should just come to me directly. And I'm sitting there like, they literally did. Yeah, it's like- like, Taylor and Sarah literally did that. So finally, Chris Harrison teases them with the worst, cruelest tease that you could use to this group of women. This was this was really bad. He walks in and he says, get ready, pack your bags. We are going on a romantic, epic, global journey starting in... Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Milwaukee is the fact that It's the only major American city to have ever elected three socialist mayors. Does this guy know how to party or what? And the thing is, if you're the girls, you know that you have to survive all the crappy U.S. locations before you get to go to whatever other more foreign exotic place the the true players get to later. Like, you know that that's the name of the game. But still, just... Milwaukee is just bad. And then it's kind of a hometown date, but not a hometown date with Nick's family being there. It was just weird. And the best part is how excited they were forced to get about Milwaukee. Like, and no offense if you're from Milwaukee. You know, I'm sure Milwaukee's Maybe a great city. Maybe a little city. bit of offense. I'm sure Milwaukee's a great city. But no child grows up thinking, I want to fall in love in Milwaukee. Well, you know, it's just like that classic movie with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck when she she meets him and they fall in love in Milwaukee. I mean, I like it's the most romantic movie. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm getting confused. I'm getting confused. And they're shoveling manure? No, I'm thinking of Roman Holiday in Rome. Oh, Rome. That Rome. makes sense. Mm. That's a romantic An city. An actual romantic city. On an evening in Rome. Don't know what the country's coming to, but in Rome do as the Romans do. Will you on an evening in Rome? So Danielle L gets the first one-on-one date, which I was actually really excited for because she seemed to have a really good connection with Nick right off the bat. She's super beautiful, accomplished. And I was just really looking forward to seeing, you know, how this would pan out. But it was kind of just meh for me. Yeah, I've had more fun watching rats play in the subway. Danielle, if she's not dancing, I don't really want to watch her (laughs) on screen. Well, yeah, to me, this date had all the charm of his date with the other Danielle, the short, blonde-haired nurse, Danielle M., who we went on the first one-on-one with. Which is to say, none at all. When the pressure's on, I think the Danielles just fold. Is it a Danielle thing? It might be. It might be the curse of the Danielles. Could I don't be. know. 
But yeah, no, they just didn't really seem to. I mean, they talked about her parents' divorce a little bit, which was cool. That was I mean, vul- not cool, vulnerable. But Congratulations. like, you know, yeah. she kind of opened up a little bit in that way. But then the producers put a mine in front oh, of them. Oh my word! In, in the in the X. But that mine turned out to be a dud. Yeah. Because there was nothing to share. We found out, oh my gosh, Nick runs away from commitment. You don't say. Can you believe it? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. No, I love how, you know, this is supposed to be a really tense moment. Like, oh my gosh. Actually, it looked like Nick was visibly nervous. Yes, I don't think he knew what was happening. I don't happening. think he knew either. I think that it was legitimately a <laughs> there surprise. There was some producer that was just giggling oh, the yeah. whole they time Oh, yeah, they pulled a fast one on him with this, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, so then they sit down for this super weird interview with his ex, and oh, I just, I was cringing the whole time. Like, why do you guys do this? Why do you try to make drama where there is none to be had? They did it with Liz. They've done it with the ex. Mm-hmm. We've learned nothing new. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could see happening is if the ex shows up, in a future episode and jumps into the game, which could be interesting. But even then, I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah, no. And then he's like, I have a surprise for you. And they walk down a crowded room of people cheering for them to go dance on stage once again, not just to the Backstreet Boys, but to someone even less famous. Yeah, Meatloaf must not have been returning their calls. Yeah, or uh, anyone, for that matter. I don't know how you get less famous than the Backstreet Boys at this point, but they found someone. Who is this guy? We don't even know his name. They didn't even have his little name come up on you know, the bottom of the screen or anything. He's got to be like the producer's son or something. I wonder something. if someone just forgot to put his name in. And that that dude must have been so excited. He's like, this is my big chance. I'm going to be on The Bachelor singing. My name's finally going to get out there. And then they forget to put his name on the bottom of the screen and he's like no god please no 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 <laughs> and if you're Poor danielle guy. and if you're danielle this isn't a surprise you've done it before it's still awkward you did it last week and it was way better and because it was the backstreet boys and it's still oh i just think this is so weird like dancing their in musical front of guests everyone. are going downhill oh i know this is strange Although, although it's things like this that make me realize maybe the show is more real than we give it credit for. Maybe it's not just a staged Why? production. Because, like, mistakes happen. Yeah. Danielle, both times in front of crowds, dancing with That's Nick. That's true. Like, what did you just say? Nothing, just had a little deja vu. What did you see? What happened? A black cat went past us, and then another that looked just like it. How much like it? Was it the same cat? Might have been, I'm not sure. Switch, APOC. What is it? A deja vu is usually a glitch in the matrix. It happens when they change something. You don't have to be lonely on FarmersOnly.com. Thanks to The Bachelor, these women have the credentials. This is kind of a great consolation prize for them. If The Bachelor doesn't work out, which it won't, now they can go on Farmers Only. Corinne has every right to be pissed. This is a crappy date. This date, date. sucked. This date sucked. This Again. is the worst date. You're not even hanging out with Nick. They're not prepared for it. They're wearing like white pants. This is a crappy mm-hmm. date. I'm 100% with Corinne on this. I would have jumped out and said, you know what? I can't feel my hand, blah, blah, blah. Medical emergency. Yeah. No, my empathy for her continues to grow on this episode with this date. I mean, shoveling poop, like milking teats. No, no. She had a spine. She's like... This sucks. Yeah. I'm leaving. No, you take I a need stand, sushi. Corinne. And what else did she say? I just want to be in a 
Like eating tacos in a spa. Tacos in a spa. Only in Miami. Where can I get that? In Miami. That's awesome. Party in the center when the heat is on. We're serving tacos in the spa. Party in the center when the heat is on. All night on the beach till we're Before we really start talking about, you know, the dinner and drinks part of the group date, I have something that I want to point out. And that is that Rachel has not said one mean word about any of the contestants. And I didn't notice that until you just pointed it out. Yeah, no, that's as soon as I realized that I just I mean, I already love her, obviously, but and it kind of makes sense why she hasn't had a ton of screen time. Like, there's just not a ton of, you know, interviews with her or whatever. And it's because she's not talking crap about other people. That's why you don't see a lot of her. Well, she's also the oldest. She she's is. 31. Yeah. Yeah, no. She's she's literally there for the right reasons. I actually ran a regression analysis on all the women. And I found that the probability of a woman being there for the right reasons is positively correlated to their age. All right. Yeah. I think we're going to need some more data on that. Yeah. It's a it's a parabolic curve and it's a geometric correlation as well. All right. Well, now everyone is bored. There's an asymptote at 31 years old. Okay. I'm s- All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, I had a blast. <laughs> Math major. Dork. It's, it's a vertical asymptote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but... Can we talk about Christina? She pulled... A great move here. This was the triple deke of... Triple... The triple deke. From... Mighty Ducks. Oh Charlie Conway. Bro, no one's going to get that reference. They will. We'll no. find a clip. We'll find a clip Really? Are we going to find one? Yeah, we'll find it. We'll Re- put it in. We'll cut it in right now. Right now? Right now. Just let him finish what he started. Coach, we have a chance to win. Damn straight we do. Come here. You practicing that triple deke? Yeah. Then you're all set. You may make it. You may not. That doesn't matter, Charlie. What matters is that we're here. Look around. Whoever thought we'd make it this far. Here's what I love about what Christina did. She essentially had the same problem that Dominique had, right? Not enough time with Nick. He wasn't asking her questions. They weren't getting to know each other. She was falling to the back of the pack. Except Dominique came to Nick very combatively, very defensively. You're not giving me a fair chance. You're not giving me enough time. And what happened? He sent her packing. But Christina comes to him and she says, there's a lot about myself that I want to tell you, but I'm worried that I won't have the time. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. was a great move. Genius move. Super sly. Uh, And he, you know, he says something back to her. I can't remember exactly what. He tries to duck it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, oh, well, you know. I hope, he says, I hope you have enough time. And then she goes, that's up to you. Dude. Power move. Great move from Power the Russian move. Here. Holy cow. Like, lay down a freaking royal flush. She was an all-star in this episode. She really was. She was amazing. She just decided, you know what? I am sick of hanging in the back. I am letting it loose. And a lot of you don't know this, but Christy does really good accents. She can do pretty much any accent. In Soviet Russia, the rose chooses you. It was good, dude. Say something else. Mm. We formally announce that Donald Trump is the next Bachelor. The most controversial episode in Bachelor history. Just stop (laughs) talking. You cannot do it. I just wanted to get in the game. You suck. (laughs) 
I got a knock-knock joke. No. Okay. God. Michael, please, 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 please. Please let me. All right. Knock-knock. <clears throat> Who's there? KGB. KGB. We will ask the question. What the hell was that? What are you doing? What are you what doing? Are you? Hey, hey. You stop. After Corinne talks to Christina, we start getting some of the best quotes of the entire episode. Corinne comes out. Oh my gosh. She's in so good. Full force. My favorite was when she compared herself to a corn husk that you need to take the layers off. So many layers in a corn husk. There's one layer. A single layer in <laughs> a corn husk. You just said you're vapid. <laughs> like, you got my one layer. Now you know all of me. Oh my what gosh. Like, this is a girl who has never cut her own vegetables. I don't think she's ever husked a corn. I don't think she... I think she thinks there are multiple layers in a corn husk, but her nanny would tell her otherwise. Surprise. Get that corn out of my face! After that conversation with Christina, Corinne has been hearing other girls talk about her, and so we have another beloved Corinne chat that she instigates with everybody. Uh, she goes to the girls and she's like, hey, I know you guys have a problem with me. Like, whoever wants to say something, say something. Like, she literally asks for it. And, and they give it to her. Yeah. Sarah comes to her and she's like, do you honestly think that you're ready to marry a 36-year-old man? Pointing to the fact that Corinne slept through a rose ceremony as, you know, her ammunition, basically. And then she brings up the most genius response. The most, the best line of the season so far. Michael Jordan took naps. Abraham Lincoln took naps. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <sighs> Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? But moving on to Nick's one-on-one -on -one date with Raven, where we have what is perhaps the greatest story ever told in Bachelor history. It's the Abraham Lincoln of breakup stories. <laughs> And Christy, honestly, you do it so good. I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Well, I guess I just want to point out some of my favorite parts of her story. <laughs> uh, because she really is one of the best storytellers that I've ever heard. For example, she finds out that her boyfriend is cheating on her. She goes to her mama and her mama gives her the keys to the car and says, go. Like, is that not straight out of a country music video? Vigilante justice. Oh, my word. So she says she goes to where her boyfriend is. Door is locked. She breaks down the door and she says she breaks it down, quote, like spider monkey fast. <laughs> she literally said those words. I wrote them down. So she says she breaks down the door like spider monkey fast. She looks in the room and she says her head spun around like the exorcist. <laughs> it could not get better, but it does. it does. It does. She said she picks up the stiletto heel of the girl he's cheating on her with, and she starts beating him with it. Oh, my word. It's out of a movie. A it horror really, movie. It is out of a Carrie Slasher. Underwood, carve my name into his leather seats, Put a Louisville Slugger to both headlights status. This is so, better than Beyonce. Anything she's done. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I said something bad about Beyonce. Brock, I'm going to beat you with a stiletto heel. You don't have a stiletto. I don't. <laughs> now, I can drive a tractor or a Cadillac. I can fly first class or climb in the back. But I'll be the same old gal when I... Take the 
Closing out the episode, we have the Taylor and Corinne WWE Smackdown. I'm so glad you brought up WWE because I get to share my favorite quote. What's your favorite quote? Let me tell you something. If me and Big Cass had a dime for every time we got beat up as kids, we had zero dimes. I love how Corinne has completely gotten under Taylor's skin. She owns her. Yes. And Taylor thinks that she's so above it all and that she's here, you know, Mrs. Smarty Pants when she does not have the upper hand. Have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs when they send Clarice in to own Hannibal Lecter, but Hannibal Lecter owns her? It's like that. It's just like that. Is Corinne Hannibal Lecter? Corinne's Hannibal. In this analogy? Corinne's Hannibal Lecter. Oh, She's the smartest one. Hannibal Lecter with a nanny. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. It's just all so ridiculous. Like Taylor coming to Corinne and saying, do you honestly think you're ready for marriage? And Taylor is younger than Corinne. This is insane. Oh my gosh. Corinne made a point earlier that, you know, age doesn't matter. And I don't think age matters, but I think age difference matters. Mm -hmm. And those two have a huge age difference. Both of them do. Like, Taylor, where do you get off thinking that you're in such a better position than Taylor is for all of this? It's a complete joke. Yeah. Just because you have a master's degree from Johns Hopkins and you can sit there and condescendingly define emotional intelligence. Well, in her defense, though, Corinne asked what it was. You could tell that Corinne hadn't heard the phrase before, but everything Taylor says just drips with condescension. It's bad. She has no idea how she's coming off to other people. She's just as bad as Corinne in that sense. What's weird to me is she's not self-aware. Yeah. And she's supposed to be a therapist. She's literally lecturing Corinne on being self-aware. And she has no idea that she's coming off like the biggest, I mean. But what I love about this is Taylor thinks she owns Corinne. Uh-huh. And she doesn't. No. She's getting, she's getting manhandled. I mean, this is strategy 101, right? The person that takes out the villain always gets taken out of this show. And it usually happens on a two-on-one. We saw it with Chad and Alex. We saw it with Kelsey and Ashley I. This is going to happen to those two. Yeah, doesn't take a degree from Johns Hopkins to see that, Taylor. <laughs> also, as a side note, did you notice who Corinne's best friend in the house became? Josephine. Josephine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josephine. Josephine is smart. She's yeah. playing it right. Josephine has changed her strategy. She knows that she's going down in this show, so she's making a play for Bachelor in Paradise. Yep. She's going as Corinne's friend. She, this is a great move. Yeah, she's pulling a Daniel. Daniel was to Chad as Josephine was to Corinne this episode. Daniel, if you don't remember, was a funny comedian guy from Canada, eh, who said... You know, let's just pretend you're Hitler. If I'm friends with you... Let's not pretend I'm Hitler. Well, let's just say it. Let's just say it, you know. Let's not say that. We gotta wrap this up, but I almost feel guilty doing it because we were just given so many great quotes and one-liners this episode. There's just not enough time to talk about them all. But, you know, that's the beauty of this franchise sometimes. It It giveth and it taketh away. And next week it's gonna take away. Two... I, I predict two people are you going to You predict double elimination with week, Corinne yeah. and Taylor. If I had a gun with two bullets and I was in a room with Hitler, Bin Laden, and Toby, I would shoot Toby twice. 
Okay. All right. Really funny, and then you went too far. Thanks for listening to episode four of Uneaten Food, a Bachelor podcast. Don't forget, we are now super legit and on the iTunes store, so you can subscribe to us using whatever app you use, which you should totally do because I want the validation. And if you don't, you're a freeloader. Total freeloader. We spend a lot of time making these making these things. I validate you all the time. I mean, it's not the same as like a like or I a subscribe. I said you get good impressions. I like them. Yes, but it's not the same as people liking it on the internet. I need that validation. So if you want to prove that you are a real friend of the voices, like, subscribe, share, or else I will send the KGB knocking down your door. I'm not beaten yet. I still have armies in the Ukraine. Yeah, the Ukraine. You know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck. A road apple, Newman. The Ukraine is weak. It's feeble. I think it's time to put the herd on the Ukraine. I come from Ukraine. You not say Ukraine weak. Yeah, well, we're playing a game here, pal. Ukraine is game to you. How about I take your little Boris from the No, I won't do that.